Welcome to The Art of Being a Mum, the podcast that's a platform for mothers who are artists and creatives to share the joys and issues they've encountered while continuing to make art. Regular themes we explore include the day-to-day juggle, how mothers' work is influenced by their children, mum guilt, how mums give themselves time to create within the role of mothering, and the value that mothers and others place on their artistic selves. My name's Alison Newman. I'm a singer, songwriter, and a mum of two boys from regional South Australia. You can find links to my guests and topics we discuss in the show notes, together with music played, how to get in touch, and a link to join our lively and supportive community on Instagram. The Art of Being a Mum acknowledges the Boendick people as the traditional owners of the land which this podcast is recorded on. Thank you so much for joining me today. It really is such a pleasure to welcome you. My guest today is Fleur Harris. Fleur is a painter, illustrator, product designer, collaborator and mother living in Melbourne, Australia. Her detailed illustration can be described as whimsical and wondrous and Fleur aims to bring joy and happiness to others through her artwork. Fleur was always a drawer throughout school, winning awards and gaining the admiration of her peers. After studying fine arts, illustration and interior design in Australia and Italy, Fleur has forged a career as a prolific artist and creative collaborator for over 20 years. After working in design houses for many years, Fleur began working for herself six years ago and now designs full-time, although she doesn't see it as a job. Fleur has collaborated with brands such as Tutu Demont and has released 12 collections with Adair's Kids since 2013. Fleur is a truly passionate creative soul. She values quality over quantity and attention to detail. Fleur believes strongly in animal welfare, social justice and kindness. These beliefs guide much of her design work, decision making and her drive to do her part to make the world a better place. Fleur also donates portions of her work, time and profits to charities that align with her values, most recently the Great Barrier Reef Foundation through the Better Worlds projects. Through her imaginative designs, detailed illustrations and design sensibility, Fleur has built an artistic world brimming with wonder, whimsy, inspirational creativity and happiness. Fleur's world is a place where imaginations run free and anything is possible. Fleur is excited to launch her own label, clothing range coming later this year and Fleur has many exciting projects coming up including collaborations with Namely Co and Adair's Kids. I really hope you enjoy today's podcast. The music you'll hear is from my ambient music trio, LM Joe, which features myself, my sister Emma Anderson and her husband John. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast today, Fleur. It's an absolute pleasure to meet you. The pleasure is mine, Alison. Thank you for having me and thank you for hosting uh, what I think is a really beautiful podcast. Oh, thank you. That's lovely of you to say. So you're in Melbourne, is that right? That's right. Yes, just out of the city. Uh, I live here with my husband and our little boy, Bales, who's six years old. Oh, six. That's a great age. I've got a six-year-old. <laughs> it is good fun. It's beautiful. I feel like um, we've hit our stride as a as a good little team. It's yeah. really it's fun. 
Oh, lovely. So uh, your weather today, you'd be a bit overcast and rainy out there. Yeah, a bit overcast. We've still been out in the garden though this morning. That hasn't stopped us. Um, and a bit chilly. But I quite like the Melbourne winters. It's a nice still day and, um, yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. Um, we live in Mount Gambier, so we're sort of halfway between Adelaide and Melbourne. So whatever whatever weather you guys get, we've sort of had it first. And um, my pop used to live in Altona oh, yeah. over there and yeah. near the, the beachside suburb and when he moved, he moved over here and he said it was the weather was worse here. It was colder here in Mount Gambier. And we used to think it would be worse in Melbourne, like near the beach, it'd be cold and windy. Mm. And he said, no, nah, Mount Gambier is it, horrible. It's worse, really? Oh, so I was surprised by that. But Well, yeah. Altona's, Altona's a good part of the world. We duck over there sometimes to go to the beach. Oh, yeah. yeah. I love um, there's an ice cream shop and fish and chip shop down there, like near the foreshore. And, yeah, it's beautiful yeah. over there in Williamstown. I love that yeah. part of the world. Yeah, nah, beautiful place, yeah. So let's talk about your creativity and your beautiful artwork. Can you describe your art form, what you create and uh, sort of what sort of mediums you use? Yeah, sure. Um, well, my personal work is quite diverse. So I do everything from oil painting to uh, more craft style projects. Um, I quite enjoy just, you know, sketching in my sketchbook um, when I used to have a sewing machine uh, until it broke, I used to sew a lot, sew little toys and clothes. And I've just always been a sort of a maker, I guess you would say, creative person that just likes to make things. But uh, over the years, um, I've really honed in on my illustration and a particular style of illustration, especially that's quite detailed and whimsical and um I've been fortunate that that has resonated with quite a wide audience and it's meant that um, I've been able to focus on that full time and I've been doing that for six years now, um, working for myself out of my home studio um, and I absolutely love it. It's the best job in the entire world. And <laughs> I had many years prior to that um, of working you know, in-house as an artist for different brands. So I did textile design for different clothing companies. Um, used to work on swimwear and sleepwear and all sorts of uh, products. And then I definitely did my time when I was at uni, you know, working in retail and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But um, my for the last oh, 15 years, it's always been a, a creative role that I've worked in. Yeah. And then worked for myself here yeah, for the last six years. I've always freelanced as I've been working in other jobs too. Um, I've just found that a really helpful creative outlet while I've had a full-time job to be able to be working on other projects that are a bit different on the side. I always yeah. found really helpful. Um, so, so, yeah, it's great. So I have a studio set up at home here which is where I am now I took over the I think this was actually the piano room when we when we 
moved into this house. It had a beautiful old blue piano in here. Oh, wow. Um, and it was sitting in front of this big stain, uh, stained glass windows or lead light windows rather. Mm-hmm. And when I walked in here and saw these big high ceilings and the windows and this piano, I just thought this is the space for me. And I that was when we were inspecting the house and I called my husband and I said, I'm just just letting you know I'm gonna put an offer in on this house. Yeah. <laughs> and it was it was pretty much um because of this room. Yeah. <laughs> Never mind the rest of the house. <laughs> yeah. And it's actually turned out to be um, fantastic because we have beautiful neighbours and and just it's really changed our lives for the better. So I think that um, this space kind of definitely led us in the right direction to just a a better, more fulfilling life all round. And it's certainly been brilliant for my creative practice. So I've got everything in here. I've got drawers full of paints and I've got drawers full of papers and there's just it's a it's a minefield of art materials and I love it and my little boy my little boy loves it too oh that's pretty cool yeah Yeah, I can see behind you've got the clothing rack with some beautiful really beautiful colored um dresses and I can see like a what's that nice sort of is it chul yeah yeah Yeah. can you tell us about that yeah uh Last year I did a collaboration with a beautiful brand from Sydney called Tutu Demond and we collaborated to create a 40-piece children's luxury apparel and accessories collection. Oh, wow. And what they do is really special. Their attention to detail is, is pretty exquisite and... Um, working with them was a lot of fun and the the garments that we created um, are very covetable so I couldn't not pack them away they have to be on display in here they're so beautiful it's like having things in a frame isn't it it's like it has to be out there and yeah yeah and everyone that everyone that comes in loves to um, poke around in my studio and that's that's definitely a a section that gets a lot of attention (laughs) (laughs) oh that's lovely yeah I love the colors it's like sort of purples and pinks and mm. yeah it's it's beautiful and there's lots of uh beautiful beadwork and yeah yeah um, yeah it's pretty pretty beautiful stuff that they make so that was a that was a collaboration that um I you know I really cherished and yeah lovely one to do and they were actually you know every now and then I'd go through um, a phase where I'd, I'd say, okay, I need to sit down and think about what do I want to do next. And I'd written up a bit of a list of my dream brands and they were my dream brand to work with. So <laughs> when that collaboration came to life, that was really special. Oh, that's awesome. It's almost like you manifested that, like you put it out there in it. Yeah. I'd say a combination of manifest and um, dogged hard work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yes, don't mind that you actually have to do something to make things happen. (laughs) Oh, dear.
I loved how you described there that when you've you've got work that you're doing for a company or a client that you've also got your own work that you do it's like you've got to have that balance of things that are meeting your own needs um, as a creative sort of whatever whatever that may be um, is that something you've always sort of done being really mindful of of keeping your own um, needs met in that way I guess yeah I I would say that it's something that never leaves me this desire to be creating something and you know we might go on a family holiday and I'll say I'll I'll leave my sketchbook at home I'll just have a break from (laughs) from it and you know I won't do any of that I'll just you know have a rest and then within (laughs) a couple of hours of being wherever we're going I'll be like I'm just going to go to the news agents and see if I can find a sketchbook (laughs) I then I you know and then I get it out of my system and, and uh, we can get on with our holiday. But it's something that <laughs> it's, uh, it's, all, it's always there for me, this desire to make something. And it, it's not so much for me about the end goal necessarily. It's actually just the process that I really enjoy. I think, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's just as satisfying for me to create marks on paper that might not sort of come to be anything that looks particularly nice. Um, I enjoy that process itself as much as when I do create something that actually does turn out nicely, you know, Mm. and, and either way I see its value, um, whether it's just, you know, exploring some mediums and I, you know, sometimes I'll start a painting and five minutes in, I'll just get this feeling like, oh, this isn't working. And, and the process is just not feeling right and so I just scrub it out and walk away and you know leave it and I actually went through a phase uh would have been about 15 years ago where I didn't paint for about two years I just kind of didn't need to I didn't have the desire I was doing other things I was Mm -hmm. sewing little toys and I was you know my creativity was coming out elsewhere and then when I finally one day just got this like tsunami internally that was like you need to go and paint <laughs> right now <laughs> yeah. and I sort of went on this bender and I remember um having canvases all over the floor and it was it was almost the word furious might be a bit dramatic but it was <laughs> it was a flurry of of paintbrushes and paint it was like it was like it had been sitting there dormant and then one day just the lid came off and um and I made a whole lot of art, this sort of series of artworks that were kind of unusual for me, but yeah. um, a lot of them are still hanging. My mum is always first to put her hand up for an artwork that's going that needs a home. <laughs> <laughs> so her house has a lot but it's, and she lives interstate. And so when I got there, I'm like, oh, I forgot about that painting. And, you know, actually it brings back a lot of memories of that time and kind of reminds me about, you know, the importance of, just giving time to process mm. and to making and and not being fixated on the outcome um yeah because i know that if i i was worried about the outcome of painting <laughs> because you know yeah. you make bad art sometimes and that's all right um yeah yeah i'm fine with that quite happy to make a bad artwork it's just about um getting the paint or the or the pencil or whatever it is down on paper letting it come out of my head and out my arm and then it's it's out Mm. 
Yeah. Do you think being able to continue doing that gives you then when you sit down to design something for, you know, a dares or a collection or someone you're working with Mm. that allows the ideas to flow freely because you're not uninhibited by your creativity comes out? Yeah, yeah. And in a way it does. I've got a lot of a lot of it out of my system, if you like. Um, And so when it does come time Mm. to sitting down and creating a really detailed art, you know, they can take months to make. It definitely makes. It it, it, no, I think I think it gives an ease to to other things that I'm working on because I have those other um, needs, if you like, out of my system. You know, mm-hmm. there I've I've looked after them. Um, the great thing is, though, that I enjoy the process of making those really detailed artworks too. So it doesn't feel ever like, you know, oh. I, I've got that fun part out the way. Now I have to do this. To me, it's yeah, it's it's not it's hard work. All, no, I mean it's it's definitely time consuming and requires you know huge amount of focus. But I love that. Like to to sit there, I can sit for hours and hours and hours and draw. Um, I remember there was a day in my studio where I think I'd sat there for about seven hours, <laughs> and after a while, I thought, oh my gosh, I haven't kind of like I woke up I was like I haven't eaten I haven't been to the toilet I haven't (laughs) how long have I been sitting here for and it had been about seven hours and I really just you know I can get lost in that process Mm. um and so to have you know to be able to play with all the different mediums and and explore that in parallel with my um illustration work is I think the best way for me to work as an artist, it keeps my skills, um, it keeps my skills up, if you like, like mm. I maintain my skills that way. And it also, um, it keeps me, what would I, how would I describe it? It keeps things fresh. I never get tired of, of the work I'm doing. Yeah. Because I have that variety. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And when um, it is your full-time job, even though I don't really see it as a job, but when it is what I do full time, I think it is important to to keep that variety there so that it doesn't become too monotonous. Mm. Because I would, um, I don't know what I'd do if the day came where I didn't enjoy doing this anymore. I can't see that coming because <laughs> I think it's just part of who I am. But um, you know, cross that bridge when we come to it. I think <laughs> I have got a I have got a plan B. I'll be yeah. a, um, I think I'll be a landscape gardener. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, I'd be quite happily, happily, um, quite happy doing garden maintenance, just being like a person that comes around and pulls weeds out of your garden. I'd be very happy doing that. Oh, dear. Your process that you use, you talk about your illustration. Do you sort of, do you draw it out on your paper first and then you create it on a, like an iPad or a computer program? Sometimes I will 
have a little sketch in a sketchbook or it's usually on a bit of like if I grab a bit of paper out of the printer um and I'll just sort of sketch out some stuff and it's really rough at that point usually and then uh, I just start working digitally straight away because for me a lot of my artworks end up uh, being used to create products so whether it's wallpaper or you know fabrics for bedding or apparel Mm -hmm. they do need to be able to be worked with by whoever's producing that product and so the the format that they need to be supplied in for those people is digital so I just Mm -hmm. find that it's much more straightforward to just start the artwork digitally but the concept itself will usually I usually feel it out very roughly um yeah on paper so rough like nearly unrecognizable like you'd look at it and you'd think that person actually can't draw (laughs) (laughs) it's just very you know to me it makes sense in my head what I'm scribbling down yeah I can send I can show you if you like like a before and after I'd love to actually yeah Yeah, that'd be brilliant yeah sure yeah so I, I I really I love your your style of the things that you put in your artwork. So little birds and like there's a cute little one of a, a little um, bunny with like little butterfly wings, which is so yeah. sweet. Um, sort of like you say, yeah. that whimsical Thank you. Um, little, oh, it's just, it's so, um, what the word is, it's relaxing. I don't know if that's the right word, but it, it's very comforting. Like it's sort oh, of that's beautiful. I don't know. It doesn't it doesn't challenge you. It makes you feel really um nice and warm. <laughs> oh that's beautiful feedback, Alison. Oh, Thank you. No, I love it. I appreciate it's so that. beautiful. Because sometimes you just want something <clears throat> that just makes you feel good, don't you? Like I know sometimes like I go to art galleries and look at things and get quite you know, things are quite profound and quite in your face and you get you, like that challenging feeling. Mm. And sometimes it's just really nice to look at something that makes you feel good and makes yeah. you smile. Um, yeah, and, and art is beautiful. incredibly powerful. Um, art is a, an incredibly powerful vehicle for um, sharing of opinions and um, mm. and it can be a great vehicle for making change and and bringing issues to the forefront of, you know, people's minds. And I think that that is one of the most fantastic things about it. For me, what I choose to use my or like to use my artwork for is actually to bring joy mm. and happiness. Yeah. And that's my the way I see my contribution as being the most, um, that's what I want to be able to contribute with my art, certainly mm. at this point in time. Maybe that will you know, maybe later down the track I might start to use it for for other purposes. But for now I'm really in this beautiful world of um, fairy tales and whimsy and joy and happiness and the connections that I've made with people who relate or relate to that in the artwork. Mm-hmm. Very, you know, along the lines of what you just spoke about. I can't express... Um, what beautiful people it's brought into my life and beautiful conversations. You know, I hear from people with them telling me what the art has meant to them and especially during difficult times where it's brought them comfort and uh, hope even. Um, And to me that is just more than I could ever ask for to be able to contribute 
people's lives in that way. And I think it's, I feel um, it's a very special thing to be able to do. And so I, I love to be able to nurture that and particularly to be able to share that with a wide age range of people. So while a lot of my work is um, the products are geared towards children, I do hear from adults and, you know, people in older generations who have been moved or or connected with the artwork in some positive way and I really and that's globally too you know I hear from people all around the world and that is um just such that gives me such pause for thought about you know okay what I'm doing is actually really important to people and I feel um a deep sense of um you know I take that seriously it's yeah. a joyful it's a joyful seriousness yeah yeah <laughs> um it's not lost on you <laughs> not at all not at all yeah. and it's it's at front of mind when I'm creating artworks is you know um will this bring wonder and whimsy and joy to people and mm. that's almost sort of like the uh lit, is it called a litmus litmus mm, litmus test yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> test um and so, yeah, I, I feel really fortunate to to be in this space where there's this beautiful community of people around me that have been drawn in by the artwork, and mm. um, yeah, we all we all share in this sort of very kind and calm, you know, narrative together. Mm. Um, it's lovely. It's probably, if you yeah, yeah. if you did look through ever um, you know comments on my social media page uh, on Instagram, you know, people are drawn to my artwork are just so lovely you know they are so funny with um kind words and and I just think I'm very grateful for that yeah no good on you I think that's lovely because um I don't know there's so much crap going on in the world it's <clears> like you know there's stuff happening overseas and all these big powerful men going at each other with bombs and things yeah. and I don't know it's just lovely to just be in your own little world and feel good about things. And I, um, I really love. There's a there's a picture that you put up only uh, must have been yesterday um, mm. of just a, a image of your two little birds and a butterfly and sitting amongst these lovely flowers and leaves. And I'm really really drawn to birds. That's just something I don't know. And even when I'm out walking, or when I see birds, I think think of particular relatives and mm. people that have passed away. And whenever I see birds, I just go. Oh, there's something really comforting. I don't know about birds. They just make me feel really secure and safe and that's beautiful. After. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, to me, they are like little magic folk that are flitting about in the trees. I mean, they can fly yeah. and they sing. I mean, yeah, it's pretty cool. <laughs> oh, to be a bird, like yeah. even if just for a day. Um, yeah, I, that post was. Um, was interesting I had some people message me privately about that some really beautiful messages as well I think mm. because the comment that you know I put with it was about um, uh, how the purpose of posting the artwork was to offer a moment of calm in what feels like at the moment is particularly you know a very busy world with a lot going on and there's a lot of noise and a lot of it's quite unpleasant you know mm. um, I personally find watching the news I just I mean a quiet despair sometimes at, at some of the stuff that's going on and I just mm. ponder you know as humans I just think what are we doing yeah. <laughs> about so many things and 
you know, I I think that we can all make a difference and that the power of a collective effort is um, important to ne never underestimate. I think when I do see that, um, you know, those awful things happening in the world, it gives me even more motivation to try to uh, paint the kind of world that I want to live in and that's a world of kindness and peacefulness and um, and empathy for each other um, and a world of imagination where we, yeah. you know, we have fun and we, yeah. we, we be silly and, and we be, you know, uh, we we get carried away with our imaginations and and yeah, explore our so serious you know it's like you can yeah have, have yeah rabbits with butterfly wings and you can have little creatures going along in boats in the air and you know it can just be whatever <laughs> it needs to be <laughs> yeah and if that you know to me that is um I think okay well those people over there are going to do their terrible stuff um you know, with the, the wars and awful things that are happening, I think, well, I, I'm i going to keep flying the flag for kindness and, and goodness and, you know, yeah. while I don't have the stage as <laughs> some of these people doing awful things, mm. I, I do, um, I do, I do recognise that um, there is a place for, for what I'm doing in it and an audience for it because I think people mm. do are drawn to kindness and good things, especially when all that um, awful stuff is going on. Mm. I think it's really lovely too because of where your where your art appears, <laughs> you know, it's on things that you can bring into your home. So like you said, it's on the wallpaper, it's on the bedspreads, it's on clothing or um, cushions. Like you can surround yourself with that. Mm. So it's not just, um, you know, an image in a frame. You can actually, you know, make yourself comfortable with, with that around you I reckon that's pretty profound absolutely and for children especially I mean for me too my my bed is one of my favorite places in the house I love getting into bed at yeah um and it's such a safe space you know well it, it is hopefully for most children and, and it certainly should be um a safe space and a place of comfort and to be able to you know, help surround them with with beautiful things that will will be, you know, perhaps the backdrop to their treasured childhood memories is something I you know don't take for granted at all. I think about when I grew up, um, the Duna covers in my life really stuck stick with me. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I had yeah. a I had the Kendone Duna cover with the big um, butterflies and yeah. And that, you know, is clear as day in, in my mind. And then my mum uh, one day went ahead and decked out our room like head to toe in this Laura Ashley, um, you know, the curtains and the wall freeze and the yeah. picture rail and the, every, the whole shebang. And, oh, my gosh, I loved it. And, yeah. and, and that print, you know, it was the same print on everything, the curtains mm -hmm. and the, the doona and everything. Yeah. And that that visual of that that bedroom is just such a big part of my childhood memories. Mm, yeah. And so to to think that my artwork may also, you know, form that, you know, become part of special memories for people who will one day be grown ups doing, you know, wonderful things in the world um, is is pretty uh, incredible to sort of try and get my head around. Yeah, it's massive, isn't it? 
good for you. That's just awesome. it's a beautiful attitude to have. I love it. Good Thank on you. you. Have you always been able to draw that well or did you have to do lots of practice or did it just come naturally to you? Mm, I'm always practicing mm -hmm. and there's definitely different techniques where I produce better work than with other techniques yeah. um, and it changes. You know, I used to be a really good painter with acrylic paints and now when I use acrylic paints it just feels like I'm almost starting again yeah, because right. I don't use them very much anymore mm -hmm. um but it, it's funny you ask actually because I was I was looking for some stuff and I ended up going through an old file and I found you know like awards from primary school yeah and you know there's an award to me that's like the Picasso award and the yeah. you know I think it's definitely been something that was always my thing like it's mm -hmm. primary school you know like oh Fleur she's the one that can draw you know <laughs> and then <laughs> it's it's funny kids my my memory in primary school is kids held drawing on a pedestal like being able mm -hmm. to draw is like a really cool thing yeah yeah you know oh you're such a good drawer you know it was always yeah <laughs> what kids would be saying um, yeah. I don't know where that sort of falls off a bit but kids kids were really into celebrating um people who are good at drawing yeah. <laughs> which, yeah. which I was always like pretty chuffed about um so yeah it's something I've look I've always enjoyed it and mm -hmm. so I think as a result, I've done it a lot. And so that just meant, you know. Yeah, you've refined it and honed it over the years. By, by default, I've had it up this, yeah, yeah. But I'm always practising. Mm. Um, it's the kind of thing where if you if you drop it for a bit, you can, when you finally get back to it, feel a bit rusty. And mm. so it's not like, I don't really see it as being like riding a bike where you yeah. kind of never lose that skill I do think it's something that needs to be maintained so mm. yeah no, you know I'm fortunate in that by working in it all the time I'm always practicing yeah yeah no that's really cool I, that um that's something I'm discovering because I'm not an artist by any means but I like painting and fiddling around and it's like I realized you actually have to practice at it like you can't <laughs> expect to be good at it like Oh, I mean, there are people like obviously yourself, you've always been able to draw, but it's like, I want to be able to draw and I can't. Then that annoys me. <laughs> well, it depends what, what sort of level of expectation you're setting. Oh, I've got pretty high, I've got pretty high levels of expectation there. <laughs> Maybe we can have a, an online Zoom drawing class one time. We can, I can give you a few little, awesome. little Oh tips. man, that would be amazing. Because yeah, my, my sure. drawing is just rubbish. It's like. <laughs> anyway. I'm sure it's not. Oh, no, it I is. I really it seriously. No, is. I think I think anyone can do it. It's not like, like the gift you have is very, you know, you, you either feel like see or you can't. It's kind of black and white, you know, <laughs> and you know straight away <laughs> oh, <laughs> which one it is. Whereas with drawing, you know, it's a, it's a little bit more subjective and, and there is a bit more wiggle room for, you know. Mm. that being expressive and it not having having to look realistic and and all sorts of styles 
uh, yeah. great, yeah. you know. Yeah. Whereas um, I certainly will never be on the stage with a microphone in my hand. <laughs> and thank goodness. Oh, gosh. Uh, <laughs> that would clear, clear, clear the room. <laughs> <laughs> so you might be going to karaoke. Oh, <laughs> don't look, I actually don't mind a bit of karaoke, but even still, oh. yeah. Uh, cool. I know my limits. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So turning to your your son, you mentioned before that he likes to come into the studio. Does he yeah. does he take on your creativity as well? <laughs> in in little bursts. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> he's like me with my painting break for two years. He might have a few weeks where he's just not interested in drawing or anything like that. And then suddenly Mm-hmm. it's on you know he just yeah. wants to be with me in here and writing stories and drawing pictures and um and I just facilitate that when he says that he wants it it's never something that I've tried to say you know come and sit with me I'm going to give you an art lesson or anything mm-hmm. like that I've always made it available to him you know if yeah. ever you want to do this let's do it together but I certainly have never tried to impress upon him my passions Mm. but I've always made available to him you know what I do um and the the materials I have to do it and my passion for it he knows they're always here if he wants to you know get stuck into it and when he does it's it's really special yeah you know I've got up here on on my wall a little drawing I did of him um well, he's a rabbit in the drawing, but yeah. of him as going off to his first day of school. Mm-hmm. And he then came and um, he's like, can you can you do one of those for me and I'll colour it in. So I've got his little version next to it in his little colouring in next to my one of him, you know, drawing of him. Oh, and that's beautiful. Little sweet things around my studio that he's drawn. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we've got his little gallery in the hallway where we, you know, make sure we really celebrate any effort he makes creatively, you know, mm-hmm. whether it's um, it all goes up on the wall so yeah. that, you know, he, he feels um, c- confident in um, expressing himself in that way. Mm. And like you said before about it, things don't have to be for the end result, you know. I think a lot of times... My, my background's in early childhood education and I've seen over the years people, you know, almost judge little people's work because it doesn't look how an adult thinks it should look, you know, which is incredibly damaging for a child. Um, you know, it's about what they've made and and that's the end of it, you know. It's, it's not about how we judge it through our eyes. Um, yeah, well, it's very um, reflective of their developmental process, especially in those early years up to seven years old where there are sort of known stages that the children go through where they're exploring you know their understanding of shape and interpreting symbols and things Mm. like that so I've always just felt it's important to encourage children um, as long as they're making an effort Mm. well not well let me say that again yeah I'm always I feel it's important to encourage children um and celebrate whatever effort they make. Yeah, that's it, you isn't know? it? It's not about judging judging it. It's about 
you've done this and that's fantastic you know yeah like I've got all around my studio I have pictures the boys have made over the years and some of it might just be you know a swipe of paint on a a little piece of paper but it's the meaning for it behind me like Mm. sorry the meaning behind it for me it's like I don't know and I get so inspired by that because they're unencumbered in their creativity they're making because they're making something they're not thinking about what are other people going to think about this and that's where I, I get stuck in my head when I attempt to do any sort of painting um so I find that really inspires me having their little pieces around me yeah well they create um without inhibition uh, that is the goal of as a grown up artist to be able to create like that and so I would never want to do anything that that got in the way of that you know they he, mm. my son has that now and most children start with that and I want to make sure it, it I'll do what I can to um, nurture that yeah that's it yeah to, to not take that away or not not uh, dampen out that little light yeah yeah it's so precious and I mean mm. just watching my son draw I mean, seeing his little hand around the pencils enough just to, you know, melt my heart. It's just so beautiful to watch. And to then, you know, see how pleased he is when we pop something up on the the wall, it's just, Mm. how could I not, (laughs) you know? That's it, isn't it? It is. It's special for them to realise that what they're doing has meaning and other people appreciate it and they're important, you know, they're seen and and Mm. they're valued. Mm. Um, Mm. I'm getting getting goosebumps now saying all that but you know it's just mm. it's so important you know that they feel like that they have a voice and and they value their value they, they don't use those words but you know that's how they feel absolutely and I also think that they have admirable imaginations that the the things that they come up with I could only ever dream of still being able to come up with and so I just am in awe of what um of their imaginations and so mm. I also love to just sort of observe what comes from my son's mind as he's drawing you know there's this new drawing that he's got on the wall he found a bit of cotton wool in my studio and he stuck it to the page and created this character Mr Claudio <laughs> and Mr Claudio is a magician and everything in his world is made out of magic wands so he's got you know a chair made out of magic wands and his hats made out of magic wands and I just I love Mr Claudio he could be a a book character yeah yeah I feel really privileged to be you know have someone in my life that you know has this amazing brain on them and Mm. and all, all children have that um capacity and I think um I think we are wise to celebrate that. Mm, Absolutely, yes. You're listening to The Art of Being a Mum with my mum, Alison Newman. So on that, do you find yourself, uh, and I guess this can be for either the work that you're doing for clients or in your own work, do you get inspired by that 
uh, sort of does that give you sort of the feeling to let yourself go to with your creativity? Yes, absolutely. And I will often reflect on my own childhood and what things excited me and caused me to um, have my imagination run away on itself. And and then they are the sort of things that I then like to include in my artwork. Yeah. So um, that inspiration of imaginative thinking is is what I like to try and um, encourage through my work and hence why I love you know creating characters like the bunny that has the butterfly wings Mm. um to me that is just I just would have loved as a kid to find something like that in my garden like (laughs) oh you know and I and as a kid I thought that that was really possible you know Mm. and so and the thought of seeing fairies was absolutely possible and and that just filled my days with hope of you know peering through bushes and hoping Mm. to see that little twinkle that would would be a fairy and like the excitement and anticipation that that gave me was just so delightful Mm. um and so I think about those feelings when I create my artwork and and what type of themes will inspire that same sort of delight yeah have you did you find that after you had your son that things sort of changed like was that more intense or the things that inspired you changed slightly when you became a mum uh I would say that the whole reason that I'm doing what I'm doing is because because of my son Mm -hmm. so when when I found out that I was pregnant I was working for a company and I was about seven weeks pregnant and I thought, oh, if ever I'm going to go out on my own, I feel like this is the time because I'm going to, if I go on mat leave, I'd be trying to start working for myself while having a newborn baby and I couldn't see how that was going to work. Mm. So I thought I'm probably best to use this time while I'm pregnant to start uh, start working on you know, being an artist that works for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I quit my job and I just started, came home and I had a few weeks of like, oh, dear, what have I done? <laughs> <laughs> I just threw away my mat leave and uh, and I have no job and I'm pregnant, great. <laughs> <laughs> I really got, got myself in a situation here. And I think actually that the... the the potential disastrous situation I had put myself in actually inspired me to really give it a good go. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I guess I laid a lot of groundwork in that time while I was pregnant so that once my baby was born, I would have a business started that I could nurture on my own terms as I was you know, learning how to be a mum. Mm. rather than worry about you know for me um, I didn't want to have to worry about how am I going to get back to work you know part-time and the logistics of all that sort of stuff I thought knowing myself um, and what was going to work for me if I was to be the best mum I could be I thought working for myself was going to be the the best option Uh, and so because you know I had a couple of weeks where I was making jams and doing some domestic things and then I thought okay got that out of the way 
now I need to, I'm going to sit down and I'm just going to make some art that is really true to me. I've spent all these years working for different companies making the art they want me to make. And I just created with that reckless abandon, if you like, and reflected deeply on my own childhood and um, that inspired the Woodlands artwork. And so that was the first sort of big artwork I created in that time after I'd quit my job and and I was pregnant and I didn't know what was going to become of that artwork. Yeah, yeah. Um, that particular artwork opened a lot of doors for me and has become very popular and is, has a timelessness about it that has meant, you know, it's enduring and um, is still loved by people all around the world. You know, we released it as a bedding collection with the Dares uh four years ago we're in our fifth year of working together now and they still sell that same original bedding collection because people really love it and that has just been um, such an incredible experience to to see what happens when you do really just create in a way that's really true to yourself Mm. to then see it to get that sort of response really form uh, really gave me a lot of confidence in I guess you know believing in myself and and believing in uh, my abilities and and brought home for me the importance of of being true to yourself Mm. and not just in it creatively and so that has has really you know that then opened up this world of um artworks that I've gone on to create um, since Adairs and I have done 12 collections together now mm-hmm. um, and there's lots of really exciting stuff in the pipeline. I just joined up with a fantastic brand agency um, last November mm-hmm. and they've they've got me very busy <laughs> <laughs> which is good. Um, I'm just getting my head around this new world of um you know being pulled in lots of directions and while also you know needing to have being a mom as a priority it's it's Mm. kind of new territory territory for me being sort of this busy and and being a mom yeah I am really fortunate, though, that um, I have the most incredible husband who is so supportive of me and my work and he's the best dad and uh, he really keeps this ship afloat. (laughs) It would be remiss of me not to acknowledge him. And and that's not without um, huge effort on his behalf. He works full-time too. He's got a job that keeps him really busy as well. But I think we make a really good team and between us we... You know, we manage manage life, just the three of us, because we don't have um, our parents around giving us a hand. Mm. Um, unfortunately, my, my dad passed away 15 years ago and my mum lives interstate and my husband's parents are down on the Mornington Peninsula and often travelling. So mm. it really is just us. Um, but we, yeah, we make it 
work and much much of that is due to his total um oh he's just a legend I can't speak more highly of him (laughs) I really um yeah he's great so I I owe a lot of um you know being able to do what I do to to him and also to my son because they you know when I do need space and time to get work done they're really incredible about it Mm. Yeah, that's that's awesome. And it's important, isn't it, that, you know, you're valued for what you do as a person. You know, I find a lot of stuff we talk about on this show is, you know, you're often seen as just the mum that just does stuff for your family. Um, so it's it's brilliant that, you know, obviously you're more than that and the, and there's, they can see that and they're, they're helping you nurture that side of you too, which is really awesome. I think I agree and I think um I think my husband knows though that if I if I couldn't make my art I probably wouldn't be a very happy person and then probably not as good a mum. Yeah. So yeah. I think he understands me he understands me and understands that you know this is actually a side of me and my personality and my soul that actually needs to be looked after and and given time. Mm. Um and you know he has things in his life that he you know does as well that keep him balanced like particularly with exercise and things like that that he's really into um and because he does understand that about me um that's even more meaningful to me actually that he he does really get that Mm. I've had to explain it to him but you know (laughs) only but he he got it he gets it That's cool. Well, so there's a couple of topics that I like to delve into on each of my episodes um, about Mm. mum guilt and about identity. Um, So with mum guilt, um, I know everybody either experiences or doesn't experience it or has their opinions about it and their thoughts. Um, What's your take on mum guilt? So I have a a confession to make on mum guilt, and that is that I... I've heard of the word, but I'm not, it's not a word that's really in my vernacular or my, you know, my friends don't use it. And so I wasn't really confident in its true meaning. So I had to Google it before I came on here because I thought I'd need to get worded up just on what it is where. And so, (laughs) um, look, to be honest, I, I've never really felt particularly guilty about anything that I have or haven't done as a mum because the one thing I am sure of is I always try my best and do my best Mm -hmm. and I'm certainly not a perfect mum but my intentions are always um, for the best outcome for my son and I do think that parenting is a learning process you know Mm. um I didn't I never read any books or blogs or anything on 
parenting I just kind of intentionally stayed away from a lot of that I just sort of wanted to feel it out for myself unfortunately I've got a beautiful sister who she'd had um, her first child six months before me and then my brother had also had his first child three months before me Mm -hmm. so we all had our first baby within six months of each other (laughs) and I kind of would just yeah it was beautiful now there's this you know three little cousins these little boys that are all you know love each other very much and are close in age it's really gorgeous and for me that they were who I would you know check in with if I had questions or things like that so um yeah look I can't say that mum guilt is something that's actually ever really been on my radar too much I certainly um I would say I have to be mindful of how much time I spend working and you know I try to make sure that when my son gets home like my studio is the first room on the left when you come into our house and I love that you know when he comes home from school um if if I haven't picked him up, usually I do pick him up, but if I haven't, you know, he'll make a beeline for this room and we'll have a big hug and I'll stop what I'm doing and we'll, you know, and then if I need to keep working, I'll either um, say to my husband, I need to do a little bit of extra work for half an hour or whatever, mm-hmm. but I try to not let it extend much beyond that. Um, and if I can kind of do pens down when he gets home so that we can yeah. hang out. Yeah. Um but yeah, I don't. I don't know if that's disappointing that I don't have a lot to sort of offer on no. the mum. The mum guilt thing. If anything, I I think I feel a bit sad that there's a, a word like that. Oh. I, I <laughs> that, think you know what, that, what that said makes is awesome. <laughs> question um, because I do feel like a word like that could offer a slippery slope for some people. Because if you, mm. I'm having mum guilt. Well, about what and where do you draw the line of you know? how much of something whatever it is time to yourself in mum guilt about how much I don't know where do you draw the line do you end up becoming paranoid I don't know yeah that's the um, thing isn't it yeah I realize that taking taking time for myself is important um and you know a couple of times I've said to my husband you know what I'm going to go and get a hotel room in the city Mm -hmm. and I'm going to go out for dinner by myself and I'll be home tomorrow (laughs) look I've only done it a couple of times but it's been at those points where I've thought oh my gosh I am I'm really maxed out here like stress wise or you know and I've gone and done that and I've thought I haven't felt guilty about it I actually Mm -hmm. need is for the sake of you know my sanity and and also I'll come back you know better Mm. and I almost feel like not doing those sorts of things is actually would actually be remiss of me in in being a um a good member of my family you know (laughs) and a good mum um it's the same with with exercise um you know my husband and I both prioritize giving each other time to exercise each day because we know that for it's important to burn off all that cortisol and and keep your stress levels down and I think we're much happier for it and it's just kind of about negotiating times and and you know taking over the reins on the domestic duties so we can get those things done because I think we both realize that 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 time to look after ourselves is is important for us to be the best parents that we can be. 
and and best you know husband and wife to each other too you know it's not just about our son yeah exactly it's it's the whole package yeah like you said in the we were talking I don't know if I'd pressed record yet or not but we're talking about hey you feel like you've got a really good unit it's like you all exist the three of you together and it's not you're not isolated as making you this makes you a better mum this makes you a better part of your unit and you all have those um feelings I suppose that things contribute to making you feel like you're a better part of that unit so yeah, yeah that's I really definitely mention, I think that it's not just about the mum stuff totally I feel like we've got you know we're a great little team our family and I think that's because my husband and I put a, a conscious effort into doing things that that make it that way mm. um you know we always talk about how we're spending time each day or on the weekend like we'll say to each other what do you need to get done this weekend is usually our first question to each other and that that could be anything from like leftover work that needs being tended to or my husband just might really want to get in the garden and plant some seeds or you know whatever it is um he might want time but he is an amazing baker and he um he's he's on a bit of a fruit loaf bender at the moment so he'll (laughs) and that requires quite a bit of time you know he's got to be out there east and his starter and all the things that that needs time and so we often check in with each other on what do you want to get done this weekend around that, you know, to make sure everything gets done. And then that includes as well whatever's going on with our son or whatever we think, you know, he might be needing. So it's, there's a lot of um, a lot of kind of negotiating in terms of, you know, how we plan and spend our time and, and making sure everyone's kind of what they need out of life, really. Um, yeah. You know, if my yeah. husband wants to go and hang out with his friends at the footy and he'll give me that heads up and I know that that's, you know, important for him to do and go and have that time with his friends and I much prefer he go <laughs> and does it at the football ground at the MCG rather than at home because he gets quite stressed when there's a game <laughs> on. <laughs> I don't really want him around anyway. So. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's funny. Mm. Sounds like my dad, my God. Yeah. it's something I just don't get either you know I'm not I'm not a sports person you know it's when the sports part of the news comes on that's my cue to like switch it (laughs) off I don't don't care (laughs) I I have this little sort of I wouldn't call it quite a chip on my shoulder but I'm like why isn't there an art section on the news you know why is it all this football and cricket I mean come on like there's other great stuff going on why is it just like first part is bad news and then Mm -hmm. the second part is who's what guys are kicking a ball around I'm like is that really what we've got yeah they're your two choices (laughs) this is what you get but did that annoy you then this is something that really got me frustrated through the pandemic when and particularly you guys over there you you did it a lot harder than we did here with your your lockdown for you know I don't know how many days it was but it was big um, that the sport kept going and they get to kept traveling around the country and doing whatever they liked but all the art stopped and I don't know that really annoyed me do you know I strangely it's almost a little bit like a like for me that newborn phase of being a mum is a bit like a blur to me <laughs> I almost feel a bit the same about the lockdowns yeah I, right. like when I think back I'm trying to reflect on what you're talking about and I'm like I don't even remember. Was there sport on? You know, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) 
I think because we're all just kind of getting our head around like, oh, my gosh, what is happening? You know, yeah, like, is this yeah. is this real? Um, and so Probably just... because, like, you were living it, whereas we were watching you guys live it. Like, we, you know, maybe that's why, because because you were in the trenches dealing with it, you know. Yeah. That could be why. That... I don't know. It was maybe it was just a survival of, you know, trying mm. to stay sane. Yeah. Um, Part of me maybe has just blocked out a big section of it. (laughs) I will say, though, that um, there was parts about that lockdown that I'm grateful for. Like, you know, we had some pretty beautiful family times. Um, You know, we had to be inventive about how we had fun and, and how we, you know, spent time together and to still enjoy ourselves. And we came up with things we otherwise wouldn't have done and so I do try to look back on that period as something that you know I try to see the good in it because to look back on it with any sort of uh not regret that's not the word to look back on it and be annoyed about it just Mm. doesn't doesn't do anyone any favors so I try and see the good in it plus I did enjoy I don't love crowds and I went into the city last night to see the amazing play Dorian Gray at um, the Arts Centre and it was really good and the city was absolutely pumping and packed and in my head I was just like oh I want to get out of here like I I did I did like that quiet that the lockdown actually offered but um, boy I'm certainly glad that you know we're getting back to a type of normal too. Mm, Yeah that's it isn't it. Well, the other the other lovely topic I talk about is identity, and um, again, this is completely individual to everyone. So everyone's take on this is different too, which is good. Um, whether you sort of had a shift in the way you saw yourself, um, either positively or negatively, or how the concept of your own identity might have changed when you did become a mum. Mm, that's a a really interesting one to think about because I feel like it was a it was a, it's been a slow burn and I feel like it's an evolving, shifting identity because mm-hmm. a mum of a newborn is a different mum to a mum of a six-year-old, in my experience. Oh, you know, yeah, there's different yeah. there's different different things you have to navigate and, and so what becomes, you know, your focus is ever-changing and I feel like with that, you know, you're, you're ever-changing to kind of keep up with it as well. Mm-hmm. But I do remember having this, it was literally like a sliding door moment when because I was induced for my labor because I had a lot of anxiety around giving birth yeah and uh I was booked in to go and have my baby and I remember walking out of the front door of our house 
And as I was walking towards the door, opening it and thinking, this is the last time I'll leave this house, not as a mum. And shutting the door behind me and sort of thinking like that, like it really felt like closing a chapter. Mm. That was, there was something really sad about that. It felt like saying sort of goodbye to a part of myself and of myself that was all I knew up until till that point um and but being very open to what lay ahead but also you know slightly terrified (laughs) (laughs) um and then next thing you know there's this little baby there that you're in you're responsible for oh my gosh (laughs) (laughs) that I can't even articulate the identity shift like it's Mm. (laughs) And I think, um, look, I can speak about it from an artist's point of view because being an artist or being a creative person has always been such a big part of my identity. Mm-hmm. And for me, that has always taken up a lot of time in my life. And so to then have that time less available because, you know, a newborn is is all-consuming. Mm-hmm. And trying to come to terms with that part of me being just maybe on hold for a little bit. But even still, I was, I sort of, I couldn't, um, I couldn't keep it on hold for very long. You know, I, I was having meetings with clients fairly soon after and they'd come over because they knew I'd just not long ago had a baby and I'd be sitting on the couch breastfeeding this, you know, little two-month-old baby while we're having meetings about you know different stuff and the the clients I had at the time were were awesome about it actually they were really supportive of you know me wanting to get back to work and I felt really empowered actually working and and feeding a baby at the same time you know yeah yeah Yeah. I remember I remember taking bales on a photo shoot um that I was styling and um producing and I had him strapped to me and I'm carrying around props and, you know, and I remember just thinking like, this is actually fun. Like I'm actually, I can work and have this baby and take care of him and be still being creative. And so I sort of Mm. just eased back into it, like, you know, one bit at a time and, um, but I was quite quick to do that. I didn't take a, a long break without making any art or doing anything creative at all. Um, And I just sort of had to do it in a way where I sort of explored what was and wasn't possible with Mm. him. Yep. You know, I've got a, I don't know why, it must have come up as a, it must have come up as a phone memory, um, a photo of Bales in his little bouncer next to me while I'm hot glue gunning a hydrangea fake hydrangea to a headband for you know (laughs) (laughs) um for a headpiece for a friend and I just thought you know that's actually look back on that photo quite fondly you know that I was still able to um keep being creative and it wasn't without its challenges there were certainly would have been times of frustration but they don't stick out in my memory yeah you know Um, I don't look back on that time as as being particularly challenging, but I don't 
I'm not suggesting that it wasn't. Yeah, it's, it just it's, doesn't stick out that way. Yeah. yeah, yeah, because I think I feel like with parenting, I tend to, I don't know if, what your thoughts on this are, but you do tend to just remember the, the parts. You know, there's some, say, having a newborn that's so hard and oh. there'd be times I remember where I was like, oh, my God, like is this day really happening? Could it be any worse? But that they're not the days that stick out. It's the love is what sort of stick with me from those those times. So, yeah, so my identity I think has, um, I'd say I've worked pretty hard to try and maintain my sense of self my creative mm. sense of self yep. um, and that's had to be a, a conscious effort because um, because being a parent is you know become such a big focus to keep that creativity alive and nurtured you know did require some conscious effort and mm. planning yeah. um, but yep. I've certainly found it to be possible Did you sort of have any thoughts or expectations of how the two worlds would coexist, the the day-to-day parenting and the creative world? Well, I was recommended one book actually called, I think it was called, you'll probably know it, Motherhood and Creativity. Is that what it's called? Is that by Rachel Power, The Divided Heart? I think so. It's got all the, um, like Claire Bowditch and um, different creative yeah. people in it yeah is that I what had, it's called yeah I had um, Rachel on an episode last season because right. people have been recommending me this book I'd never read it and I felt really embarrassed that I'd never read it because it's amazing and I can understand why it resonated with so many people so I messaged her on Instagram I said can I have you on my podcast and she came on and it was amazing and it's one of the one of the most um like amazing moments oh, good on you. like that yeah but yes I know the oh, book it's you. a wonderful book and I'm sure a lot of people listening know the book too <laughs> yeah so I I did read that now to be honest I can't remember whether I read it before or after I had had my son mm-hmm. um but I look I know the book had a lot more to offer than this but at the time my biggest takeout from it was it sounds like I'm going to need a nanny because (laughs) I kept reading all these success stories of these creative women getting on with their creative practice but there would seem to be many of those stories you know like a nanny or someone kind of (laughs) and at that time I thought oh I don't know just the thought of I'd never I'd never grown up with having a nanny or you know it would just sort of Mm. wasn't um kind of on my radar so it, what that did, though, was it gave me the confidence and maybe green light, if you like, um, if I'd had any hesitation to to get help. Um, you know, I would have um, people come and look after my son, mm-hmm. um, you know, that I would pay to come and look after him so I could get on with my work. And I did, mm-hmm. that book did make me realise that that was, you know, perhaps just part of, the reality of what might need to be done at certain times if you do want to get on with your work. Mm. Um, and look, my memory of that book is a little 
a little fuzzy because it was some time ago that I read it. So I hope I'm not misrepresenting it <laughs> when I'm speaking about it. But that was my my biggest takeout was that, you know, getting help is, um, you know, with caring for your child is okay. And mm, yeah. And, you know, perhaps essential in the world that we live in um, and with how, you know, our society is generally the primary carer and and so on. Mm. It, it harks back to that it takes a village kind of philosophies from previous generations. Yeah, yeah. and when you don't have, like, a, much of a village around you, like I mentioned, you know, our parents are, you know, sort of geographically away from us you you sometimes just might have to rent a village <laughs> yeah. yeah that's it yeah but it's good that you know you that sort of gave you that I don't want to say permission but the reassurance that you know it, you don't have to do it all yourself and you can you can ask for help and whether that's you know in people's situations are different whether it's you know like you said you come you you pay someone to come in or you've got your neighbor or you whatever it's I think we've lost that feeling that we can ask for help. I think we've become a lot more insular in this, you know, particularly our generation that you've got to do it all yourself. You've got to be this super mum that handles everything. And then if you don't get it right, oh no, you haven't been a good mum, you know, whereas my mum, you know, they, they, they asked the neighbour to babysit or, you know, it's, it's changed a lot. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I think um, that's, coming up that you can share that you're working on or anything that's that's coming out in the future well lots actually it's been a very busy very busy year and the tricky thing with my work is often you know I'm working six to sometimes 12 months in advance of when things are actually coming to life so Mm -hmm. I have to keep a lot of stuff um you know quiet for a long time and when I'm so excited about it it can be really hard Um, but I've got some great things coming to life so I've just worked on a beautiful collaboration with Namely Co so they do beautiful uh, custom knitted blankets and some beautiful little apparel pieces and so we've done a Fleur Harris Namely Co collaboration that Mm -hmm. is coming out very soon um, and the team behind Namely is just fantastic and I've been really enjoying that, you know, collaborative process with them. I've been really fortunate in general actually that the partners that I work with are such nice people and yeah. very clever and very creative and wonderful collaborators so that it's often a very joyful experience. So that's a really exciting collaboration that is coming out soon. and. What is really massive news to me is that I'm launching my own label. Uh, So Fleur Harris will be stocked in David Jones um, come October. Congratulations. Thank you. I've worked with an amazing team um, to bring this to life. It's been months and months and months of hard work 
hard but fun work. It's been the most fantastic process and we've designed um, the most beautiful looking and beautiful quality uh, apparel for babies up to eight years old. Oh, lovely. It's really exciting. And so that's, that's kind of a milestone moment for me in my career because typically mm-hmm. I've always, you know, released, designed and released products through collaborations, whereas this is, you know, completely um, under my own name. So yep. it's a big stepping stone and um, a little bit scary, but also very exciting because mm-hmm. the product is so beautiful. So Oh, well done. Um, well, thank you. Thank you. It still doesn't feel real. So I think, you know, <laughs> it won't be until I go in and see it on the shelf that I'll be like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> Another really exciting bit of news is that Adair's kids and I are celebrating being in our fifth year of our collaboration together. And so we are re-releasing some of the most popular prints um there's some new colorways there's some new products being added to some of the um like the more iconic collections like the woodlands collection we've got some new pieces coming out in that we've done a whole new photo shoot and it's really nice to kind of just take a moment to pause and stop and celebrate you know what we've achieved together and Um, because it's not often that collaborations last so long and are so enduring. So to have built that, you know, relationship with them and and created this world of beautiful products for children together is it's nice to stop and celebrate, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I think that's something we don't do too. We don't, we don't, I think we feel like we shouldn't, we shouldn't have that ego to be proud of ourselves or celebrate, but definitely have to celebrate moments like that (laughs) well it's easy to sometimes not be able to find the moment you know because Mm. because often different projects or different things you've got going on in your life happen in stages you know and so it can be hard to work out well when is our champagne moment you know (laughs) and so it feels nice that we've actually decided to sort of mark that that milestone and 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 be grateful for it and, mm. and happy about it so that's really nice to to be able to do to take stock and you know reflect on that and mm. um they always do things in a really beautiful way so I've, I've had a peek at the photo shoot that they've put together yeah. where they've actually mashed up quite a few different collections and put them all on in this one shoot so there's yeah. this one bed that's kind of got a bit of everything in it which actually <laughs> actually looks really good so yeah right it's oh, nice to see awesome. yeah oh, good on you that's congratulations on your successes and so well oh, deserved I think the the attitude and like what you bring to your work is such a beautiful way of working um and I just I hope wishing you so much success in the future and I'm sure that you're work will endure as you've said like five years with one collaboration is pretty significant and I'm so looking forward to seeing what you put like what comes out you know um, oh, thank you Alison what you can what, what you can keep bringing to the world it's so wonderful so lovely <laughs> thank you Alison that is really very kind of you and I must express my 
admiration and appreciation for what you do too because you've got a lot going on in your life and a lot of your own creative projects going on and this podcast and I know how much work must go into putting this together (laughs) so good for you and I and I think there's a lot to be said for women who are being proactive in uplifting and giving a platform to other women Mm. um you know we have international women's day where you know everyone posts on their social media how good it is to support women but you're an example of someone actually actively doing that and I'm really um I have a lot of respect for that and very grateful for the opportunity to join in with um, the fantastic work you're doing Oh, thank you, Flair. It's so lovely for you to say that. You're a great example of a great woman. <laughs> oh, thank you, Flair. You're so kind. Oh, good dear. on you. Nah, good on you too. I oh, just love it. Love it so much. Thanks. Um, it's been really right. nice speaking today. It has. It's been so lovely. Thank you so much for coming on. I've just really loved chatting. Thanks for your company today. If you've enjoyed this episode, I'd love you to consider leaving us a review, following or subscribing to the podcast, or even sharing it with a friend you think might be interested. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on the podcast, please get in touch with us via the link in the show notes. I'll catch you again next week for another chat with an artistic mum.